just to me, it just feels like um, an opportunity to drown out the noise, forget about the social expectations, forget about the cultural norms about what you're supposed to be doing. Instead, it's really about turning inward to just get clear about what do I value? Who am I? Where do I want to spend my time and my money? My, you know, our greatest resources. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living Podcast, and I am Yvonne Marchese, your host. And that voice you were just hearing was Emily Clement. Despite the strong advice of a few friends, Emily decided to burn a lifetime of her journals in a backyard fire under the full moon of March of 2017. (gasps) I get chills thinking about it. (laughs) But... That book burning created an amazing chain reaction, helping her to purge the toxic thoughts, beliefs, and stories that didn't serve her. She then took massive action. She quit drinking alcohol, adopted a puppy, took an intense business course, rebranded her business, let go of one-sided friendships, took herself to Cancun, and spoke at her first TEDx event. You see... She did it because she needed to let go of her old stories about herself so she could create new stories. Emily is a certified life coach who has taught and traveled all over the planet from Alaska to Istanbul and beyond. She runs a community that is all about supporting courageous women while they pivot toward an extraordinary life without fear and guilt. Let's go. Hey, Emily, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I think I told you the first time we spoke on the phone, I was thinking about this this morning. Um, I feel, I kind of feel like we're spirit animals, even though we've never met. I'm in. Yeah, I, um, I found you on Facebook and I can't even remember kind of what led me there, but I found your Facebook group. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what she's talking about, exactly what I'm talking about, midlife reinvention and ah, and everything. And then I watched your TED talk and I was like, I I need to talk to her. So here you go. Thank you. Thank you. It's so fun because I I mean, naturally our our messaging is uh, aligned perfectly because you don't have to keep doing the same thing forever and ever and ever. And so, especially as women, we have very distinct phases of our life. So here we go. Here we go. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like there've been for me, like I'll, I'll go through. Um, it's so interesting with the women, you know, and the changes I have had like hard stop moments in my life where I'm like, I don't know who that was before, but that's not who I am now. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I'm in another one of those right now. 52. Here we Beautiful. go. <laughs> Beautiful. So um, I think one of the things that first attracted me to your story is knowing that you've already walked your own story of reinvention and and, and you had told the story of like having a little, a little burning ceremony. And I, I just kind of wanted to start with talking to you about um, what, like, what led you to that, that, that burning ceremony and then where to go from there? Perfect. So (laughs) I'm a long talker, but I will make this brief, but I will let you know that I started, um, keeping a journal 
when I was seven years old. And I was very faithful to journaling my childhood, middle school, high school, college, my 20s, my 30s, my 40s. So I am also <laughs> a type A organizer. So all of my journals have been in chronological order in these giant Rubbermaid tubs. And wow. it, twice in my adult life, probably in my 30s, I've pulled, maybe in my late 20s and in my late 30s, I pulled all the Rubbermaid tubs out and started at the beginning and re-read every journal. Whoa. And it's funny because like in second grade, it was like, Girl Scouts was so fun today. Julie made this cool craft project that I'm going to see if my mom will buy me beads. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was sort of the, the gist of it. Right. And then of course, as you go through puberty and relationships and uh, friends and applying for college, like the, the vibe totally changes. And then, I mean, naturally, you know, the human developmental stages. So things got different in my twenties yeah. and thirties and forties. But what happened when I sat down and reread the journals from start to finish, in the moment, I never knew there were patterns, but when you have the long view of your life in your own handwriting, mm -hmm. you have the same stumbling blocks, the same frustrations, the same big fat fears, but I never recognized it in the moment. Wow. So, so now I joke, I call them re-epiphanies. <laughs> They're no longer epiphanies because I've had them so many times that they're repiphanies. Like, oh my gosh, this is total madness. So anyway, I had decided it was it was March, the full moon in March 2017, that if those faulty thoughts and beliefs and habits and patterns, if they were no longer serving me, if I wanted to change my life, I needed to change my story. And if I needed to change my story, I needed to let go of the one that I had been keeping in chronological order in a Rubbermaid tub everywhere I move. So under that full moon in March, 2017, one by one, I threw them into a bonfire and watched wow. them go up in flames. And it wow. took hours. I, mean, I was just, just going to ask you how long it took. Because I'm also, I also like ritual. So I wanted to honor and thank that time in my life. Yeah. And you can, you can tell by looking at the journal. I mean, the cartoon one with the cool little lock on it that had the tiny little key was from elementary school. Oh. And, you know, and the one with, that's more size of a notebook that's written on both, both sides is more from adulthood. So just throwing them in and looking at those recurring themes, I'm like pissed that this is one of the recurring themes, was body image, body shaming, body loathing, my current weight, my dream weight, by, by like the hatred I had toward this overweight body. And mm. it was this belief that it was my weight that was keeping me from healthy, loving, intimate relationships. It was my weight keeping me from taking risks and chances that would be physically exposing water skiing or whatever that might be. It was my weight that just kept me, <laughs> praise the Lord, grunge was in fashion when I was in college and not those yoga pants. <laughs> but like, it was just this constant battle with I wore some big clothes back in the day, girl. <laughs> I know. I know. And so... So, I mean, that was just like a snippet of it. And then the other thing, more so in adulthood, I think in my whole life, I've always been a helper and a healer. 
And so for me, that makes me a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And this is not an uncommon story. I know that. But I know that I love to make people happy. I love to make their life easier. I like to organize. I like to uh, manage, maybe even micromanage, so that everyone around me can have a good, positive, healthy experience. But what happened is, and I know this from the long view, I didn't know when I was writing it, that people pleasing is coming from a place of fear, not a place of love. Mm-hmm. And so if people pleasing is coming from a place of fear, it's like, oh, I hope Yvonne likes me. I hope Yvonne is pleased. I hope that she enjoys this experience instead of giving freely without expectation. But I didn't know that until well into my 40s. <laughs> yeah. And man, when we're doing that, we're robbing everybody. Mm-hmm. We're, we're robbing the person we're dealing with in in, in in assuming we know what they want, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you really connect with anybody if you're not really giving them the real you? But okay, right. I'll, I'll let you go on. Wow, wow, right. great realization. And and that was another epiphany was all of these boyfriends or all these men that I dated is that I felt like I had to help and support and caretake and nurture and plan and pay for all of these things because I, as a self-proclaimed, I guess, helper and healer, I have been attracting men who need helping and healing. (laughs) And so what happens in a really sick way, we're both getting our needs met because I get to be the caretaker and he is happy to have a caretaker. But the fact is it's sick. It's, you know, like I say it now, like I don't want a project. I want a partner. And I think for so long, I had this belief that I needed to be a helper and I needed to, you know, meet someone's needs before they even knew they had those needs and so arrogant, but it really, it's so insecure. And so again, looking through all of these journals, I wouldn't have known that except that when you start to see the pattern, it is pretty obvious. So anyway, that was March, 2017 one by one, like, and I've taught internationally a lot. So, so I have a whole journal that was dedicated to the year I was in the Czech Republic or when I taught in Beirut, Lebanon, or when I lived in the Caribbean in the Virgin Islands or in the summer in Greece, the summer in Alaska, like when I was an exchange student in high school to an all girls boarding school in England, like it is just, so there are distinct journals that were those summers or semesters or years or whatever seasons. And so it's the same it's the same. I mean, there's lots of travel adventures and new friends and new foods and sightseeing. I mean, there's lots of good stuff in there, sure. but there was still that angsty stuff that never really went away. Yeah. So anyway, so it was fun to set fun and sad and cathartic and overwhelming to just toss in each of those, those journals. And then because it's so symbolic, it's like, all right, Emily, what's your new story? How did you feel? Like I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little anxious, Just <laughs> seriously, seriously thinking about like, you know, I've got bins of, you know, old letters and stupid thing, you know, sure. um, I can, and, and sometimes I think, girl, just, just let these go, you know, every now and again, like every few years or something like that, I'll pull it out and start looking at those old letters and let, I mean, more and more, it, I read through them and I'm like, oh, why are you hanging on? 
Why are you mm-hmm. hanging on to these? But what did, what did it feel like? Cause it does make me anxious to think about doing that. Um, I told a few close friends that I was going to, cause I had to think about it for a while. Cause it's like the rubber is going to hit the road there, girl. Like if I'm really willing to do this, then it's, it's, it's symbolic. It's not have it be something, have it right. be for a reason. And, right? and because I like to follow the moon schedule anyway. So the, or the moon phases. So the full moon is a good time to let go and release. Whereas the new moon when the sky is the darkest is a good time to set intentions and, and decide what you do want to manifest. So I was in that place of letting go. So it was really looking at the calendar to be like, all right, March, I'm going for it. So maybe it was a month or so before that, maybe six weeks. And I told a few close friends and they were like, you're nuts. You're going to deeply regret it. Don't get rid of your journals. Like you've, you've written in them for so long. Like you need to save those or at least scan them. And it's like, oh God, no. Oh my like, God, a, what a project would that be, right? Oh, oh my goodness. It'd be a nightmare. <laughs> and, and it would end up in the wrong hands. It'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I have close friends and even men that I've dated that it's like, okay, if anything ever happens to me, you need to like, put these, this whole bin in the dumpster, like don't open it, don't crack, open the front cover, like nothing. Like that's so personal. Like that's my yeah. story. Yeah. I don't want that stuff out there. So anyway, then it was really deciding, okay, now what, what are you, you know, what are you going to fill this time and space with? What are you recreating? Mm-hmm. Um, and so side note, I've also been a big drinker forever. Like always the party girl, like I've taught I, because I've taught in all of these places, I've gone alone, except for one summer in Istanbul, Turkey. Um, there were seven of us that all went from Wheaton College in Massachusetts, and we all went to Istanbul to be summer camp counselors. Wow. Other than that, all of the other trips, I've been completely by myself. Man. So what do you do when you're in a new place? You go to the bar, right? And you meet people, yeah. and I don't mind going by myself. And then you just chit chat and you make new friends and you meet again the next night or whatever it is, or you do other things. They don't call it liquid courage for nothing, right? Yeah. No kidding. (laughs) When I lived in the Czech Republic, they used to call beer, they'd call it instant English. (laughs) 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 Instant English. (laughs) So that is where we had many of our English speaking lessons. Um, But thinking about that, so I was a big drinker. I've always been a big drinker. And, um, I decided, all right, I don't think this is making the cut. And I have tried to stop drinking alcohol a million times in my life. And I have had sticker charts and I have had reward systems and I have been asked friends to hold me accountable. Like, okay, or I'm going to have a two drink maximum. And I, once you're at two drinks, you're in it to win it. So, Mm -hmm. So alcohol has always been one of those like naggy little things that Mm -hmm. turned into a a bigger problem. Um, I don't think I struggle with addiction, but I am an extremist. I mean, I don't know if that sounds like I'm in denial or whatever, but it was time and it was, it was time. And looking at all of those journals, every single decision I regret or embarrassed by was alcohol related. Oh yeah. But I didn't know that when I was writing in my journal, it wasn't until, you know what I mean? So so in the here and now, it was just fun. And that's what you do. You hang out, you go out, you potty potty, you yeah. meet for cocktails at, after work, you meet, you know, you're out on the lake, you know, I'm from the lakes region of New Hampshire. So you're out on Lake Winnipesaukee, you're out on Lake Winnesquam, you're in the pontoon, whatever it is, it's all, there's so much booze. So in October, 2017, 
I really quit alcohol and I haven't had a drop since then. So that's a huge part of my own midlife redefine um, because I didn't lose friends, but I lost this whole social network Mm -hmm. because I did, because I don't want to go to the bar anymore. Well, there's rhythms to that, right? And there's um, ritual and, and just sheer habit of like the schedule. And, 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 and like you said, you go on a lake and it's that those things go hand in hand. And then after dinner, after work and you go and you meet and like, so then you've got like a vacuum, right? Mm-hmm. So then what'd you do? What'd you, what'd you end up doing to fill that? Well, this is the interesting thing. Um, as a solo entrepreneur, right? I mean, I've had traditional jobs my whole life until I started my coaching business. At the time, I was a high school guidance counselor, so I finished off the school year. So June 2014, since June 2014, as a coach, I have not had colleagues or a boss. And so I don't interact with people like I used to. And then when I stopped drinking alcohol, Mm. it was just like this quiet abyss. Wow. so the the common sense tells you, okay, so you've got this big void. How are you going to fill it? I didn't. I sat in silence for about two and a half years and I decided that it was, it was, it was solutions arrive in silence, right? I didn't want to like, what can I replace? What else can I do? Like, what can I get deep dive totally into? Like, what is it? And instead it was like, mm-mm. I need to just sit quietly and the sitting quietly, I love, I mean, I'm, I'm a late blooming introvert. (laughs) (laughs) So, so the silence has been, I mean, just sitting quietly, drinking coffee in the morning, taking my dog for walks, like going to bed early. You know, I haven't had a television in, I don't know, it was a New Year's resolution in 1997. So however long that is, I don't have Netflix. I don't have the Hulu, whatever people are watching. Like I don't have any of that stuff. So I don't, I've never watched a series. Like I just, silence, 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 silence. And it just, to me, it just feels like um, an opportunity to drown out the noise Forget about the social expectations. Forget about the cultural norms about what you're supposed to be doing. Right. Instead, it's really about turning inward to just get clear about what do I value? Who am I? Where do I want to spend my time and my money, my, you know, our greatest resources? So now it just feels cleaner, just feels cleaner, fresher, yeah. more yeah. authentic. I say no a lot now. So side note, rewinding back to the people-pleasing, that decades of people-pleasing. I mean, I think I was doing this in first grade, wanting to impress Mrs. Shackett. You know, like, like I, have, I have always wanted to make people happy. And because I wasn't particularly good at school or sports or, you know, piano or dance or all those things, I, I'm a gifted people-pleaser. Like, that's where I can contribute. That's where I can get... Um, compliments or self-worth from if I'm if I'm seeking it from other people. So thinking about that, I say no all the time now and people still like me. <laughs> so so to me that silence has just brought about a whole new level of healthy self-concept and self-worth and feeling whole and happy and 
and I'm just not getting hooped up in what else is going on around me because I, I genuinely don't care. Wow. So two and a half years of sitting in silence. That's amazing. Mm. A person who feel like I'm not, I am, I am an introvert. Um, I'm kind of like an ex, I, well, I would say extroverted introvert. I, I, I do like a love one-on-one like this. Uh, uh, love totally feeds me, put me in a group. And I just, I'm like, I get a little cringy in a group, mm. you know, and then I definitely need that, that just me, just me. I got to recharge, you know, but, um, to sit in silence and not fill it for me, it's filling it with activity and, um, maybe I'm goal driven, <laughs> big surprise, but you know, and so what did that, how was Right. That? Well, I'm also, uh, very goal driven, but it yeah, wasn't from you. Yeah. Um, like right now in our culture, it's probably always been this way. Busy is a badge of courage or a badge of honor, a badge of I'm honor. I'm trying right? to shed that. Oh, how do so you it's do like, it? how much more can I fit in? And let's drop the kids off and pick the kids up and Christmas photos and let's make healthy meals and oh, the, the barbecue, the neighborhood party, the decorating the house, like, whoa, simmer yeah. down. So for me, I don't want to be busy. I want to be productive. Yeah. And that's a big transition because I think me, most of us, right? that we think busy is what makes us successful. I'm going to call bullshit. Like it's not busy, it's productive. So my coaching business has grown exponentially because it's like, I love the clients that I work with. I love the community I facilitate. I'm proud of the products and services, all that kind of stuff. So it's like, that's where I want to spend my time and attention. So even though I was sitting in silence, it was all the inner stuff. And my business has been, you know, been growing. I mean, now that I have the long view, I can say it's grown a ton, but in the moment, it's just, you do one task today and you start two more tasks this week and then you just slowly, they grow. So now that, now that I have, you know, a couple of years of looking at this new post journal burn life experience, I can see the magnificent strides moving forward but you can't really see that in the moment no you can't what do they they say you you underestimate what you can do in a year and wait no am i am i backwards on that you you overestimate what you can do in a year and underestimate what you can do in five or ten right and like it's just the the accumulation of those actions that may seem so insignificant in the moment right and then the blossoming of oh look at what that turned into it's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm also thinking about back towards the beginning of our conversation, you were talking about the journals and, and your story and how we, we all do have these stories about ourselves that recycle and mm-hmm. present themselves as true and they're not. They're just stories. They're stories that we made up, right, at a time and place when we had a certain understanding of a world of the world from our our level of maturity and our, you know, most of it happened when we were kids, right? And those stories are just stories because we're story making machines. We're meaning making machines. Mm-hmm. And so you took those. You. It sounds like you went through those journals and you extrapolated 
and identified what those stories were and and then in releasing it it sounds like what you've done is allow yourself the chance to then step into your new story and 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 write it fresh mm. choose what's next for you right is, is, is does it feel like that to you exactly yeah and it's still me I mean, it's still you. I mean, oh, we those have, don't go away, right? Yeah, yeah. They're still going to be back there, but you've identified them, I think, which is if you can identify that for yourself and know that it's back there as a story mm. and that that's all it is, then right. I think it gives you power. Right. It's not like it's going to go away. It's going to keep coming back. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, that's back. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's liberating to say, okay, that's fear talking. Instead of avoiding it because it's scary, you lean into it and it's like, okay, I know it's happening right now, right? I mean, I talk about the four fears a lot with clients or on stage or in my membership. There are only four fears in the whole wide world if you strip away all the nonsensy details. Fear of not getting what you want, fear of losing what you have, fear of other people's opinions, and fear of being found out, which we call imposter syndrome. Yeah. And so when I'm in a, a, a tricky spot, I'm like, all right, what's going on here? Like, oh, I'm, you know, afraid I'm going to lose what I have. Like, I don't want my business to get too successful because what if I blow it? And then, okay, I'm not going to take that risk or chance. And it's like, all right, get your butt over here and try it anyway, would you? <laughs> and so to me, it's like... Um, because of that time and silence and to recognize those historical patterns that keep me small and stuck, it's only ever fear. Fear is the only thing that keeps us small and stuck. So then it's asking better questions. If it were possible, what do I need to know? If it were possible, what do I need to do? Instead of, well, I can't do that because, or this isn't the right time because, and so the more we get jammed up in our fears, the more we live there, right? So it's lean on your faith. Lean into love. Like if it were possible, asking those big creative, expansive questions instead of that small fear-based set of questions. Yeah, that's a great question. If it were possible, what would it look like? What would mm -hmm. I do if it were possible? Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm going to put that one in my head as a new tool. Right. And another thing that I talk about, actually, we were just talking about this last week in membership, is the difference between facts and the truth. And so the example we were using was about money. Okay. Fact is you only have a hundred bucks in your bank account. That's a fact. But the truth is there's trillions of dollars on this planet. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we're like, oh, and, and this is, <laughs> I'm not speaking about me, but let's just say like, I've um, always dated dirt bags. I've never been good with money. Losing weight is hard for me. Well, those may have been part of my story and I would look at them as facts, but the truth is I am worthy of a loving, intimate relationship. The truth is I am capable of earning tons of money in a lucrative career. The truth is I love my body just the way it is. The truth is, and so it's shifting from facts and that's the, the stuff that gets us jammed up to the truth which is why that question, mm. if it were possible, what do I need to know or do? If it were possible, who do I lean on? If it were possible, what are the resources? And you just start to get more creative and expansive with your questions. So then you have more opportunity for creative and expansive answers. Oh, wow. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Oh my gosh. So, okay. What do I want to ask you? My gosh. I, so you, so you, 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 you took all that energy, you went inside, you went to quiet, you turned it from busy to productive. Mm. Is so in, 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 in making this little pivot and this change. So, so did, did you change from doing, it sounds like you had a coaching practice before that just blossomed. Yes. What other like things changed in your life after you did that? Like, what did you, what were the, what were the, the realities of your day that changed? Right. Um, well, so let me, little caveat here. So in November, 2018, I had already been in silence for quite a while. I went to, I thought it was going to be a once in a lifetime opportunity. And it was way bigger than that. I went to Tony Robbins, Unleash the Power Within in Newark, New Jersey. And I was like, I've always wanted to see this guy live. And I went and it, it changed the game completely because what I had been doing was that inner quiet work by myself Mm-hmm. And I was my own guide and I still journal. I just don't keep them anymore. So I was still journaling and it was like, all right, what do I want this to look like? And then I went and saw Tony Robbins with 12,000 other people. And there he has one activity on day three of Unleash the Power Within called the Dickens Process. And it, it changed my life forever. So what I felt like, and I've always had a vibrant, I mean, like I, I, my baseline for happiness is pretty high. I'm high energy. I'm excitable. Like I like to go places and do things and meet people. Like it wasn't like I was a wallflower and then Tony Robbins changed my life. But what it felt like from a personal development perspective is that I was Dorothy in Kansas and now I am Dorothy in the city of Oz and everything was vibrant and colorful and there was singing and dancing and the good witch and, and the so, lollipop gang and totally, the gold, totally. they all showed up. <laughs> totally. So I ended up joining Tony Robbins Mastery University and in 2019, wow. by the grace of God, it was before COVID, I went to a ton of his live events. You know, I've walked across hot coals. I've climbed a 50 foot utility pole. I have met the most magnificent people in the world. Like, and it's, and, and to me, it felt like because of all of that silence and the inner work that I was doing on my own, it laid this beautiful foundation to be asked better questions and to be really doing the work. And I started working with one of his coaches. And then anytime you go to one of his events, like any, any industry event, you surround yourself with like-minded people. So now you've got this mastermind group. Now you're being held accountable. Now you're having really hard, intimate, interpersonal conversations with people who are doing the work alongside you. So, so that was another like massive up-leveling personally and professionally. And I knew I needed a guide and a tribe to do that because I'd been doing the work by myself for long enough that it was like, all right, now what you got? Now what you got? So that was a big game changer. Um, but day to day, I mean, that's big, but day to day, I think it's, it's just getting clear about what are the high value activities I want to do and not do, and then set really healthy boundaries. So when you think about it, right, your the quality of your life is just a direct reflection of your emotional state. So for my emotional state, I wanted to be, you know, 
high vibration, high emotion, love, joy, compassion, kindness, fun, authenticity versus that low vibe, fear, worry, insecurity, doubt, rage. So as a, as a human, I always want to be raising my vibe. So that meant, okay, now I know how I want to feel. Now, what are my top values? What do I value more than anything else? Because now I can say, this feels good and aligns with my values. So I have organically set healthy boundaries. So if someone asks me to do something that doesn't feel good or doesn't align with my core values, nope, no, no, thank you. Nope. Sorry. Not going to work for me. Amazing. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, with, with you talking about the high vibrations and, 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 try, and choosing and setting those boundaries around what your values are and how that resonates, I'm going to take a little detour here with the weird, I was watching a, a YouTube video you did this morning that was, I think, back from April. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, wow. So it's crazy now. It's crazy. Now. And I'm, I'm doing the work every day myself. Like I, I get up in the mornings and, and um, that was part of my, my change recently was doing a morning routine. So I'm meditating and uh, trying to set myself, set intentions for the day and get into that right zone and exercise and do all the things. Right. But man, it is so hard not to get knocked down right now with mm. the big picture. So what, any advice or what are you doing to try to, to, to maintain that high level of, of, um, of vibration or energy right. for yourself? What do you, what are you doing right. right now? Um, certainly I'm go back and forth, right? We're all doing the cha-cha, two steps forward, one step back. Um, right. Ideally, are all of us, we create unconditional lives, which means I am not affected by I'm not giving away my power to the conditions and circumstances around me. I independently decide how do I want to feel today, regardless of what's happening around me. And so today, I want to be um, grateful and appreciative and joyful. I want to give value to other people. I want to make sure that my dog goes for a walk and that she's tired. I mean, like, so I'm setting my intentions instead of turning on the news and being like, oh God, we're all going to die. <laughs> the you sky know? is falling. <laughs> right. And so, so right. what we, what we do as humans, and we do this all the time is that we say, you know, what's going on around me? Okay. Me too. And it's like, knock it off. And so my favorite analogy, well, I have a lot of favorite analogies. One of my favorite analogies is that what we want to do is be the thermostat. We are setting the climate. We are setting the temperature. We are deciding our emotional state. We are deciding what do we value most and what feels good so that that's the day we're going to have. But what happens is we become uh, the thermometer. And we're like, oh, okay, everyone around here has already set the tone, so I'm just going to fall in line and do what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so you probably know this as a mom. When mom is happy, everybody's happy, and you are probably the social climate control in your home. So instead of saying, oh, my gosh, this house is chaos and there's so much going on, I'm totally overwhelmed too, you say, I'm going to set the tone and I'm going to set the climate, 
and then it will ripple out. So oh what goodness. happens, That's what but happens. ideally, <laughs> <laughs> and so what we want to do is have, and this is like high level, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, just be in a good mood and everything will be easy, but I'm saying, take care of yourself. Like yeah. stay in your own lane, keep your side of the street clean, create this unconditional life experience for you. What do you want? And what happens is vibrationally, right? You are emitting that frequency da, 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 and people are responding to your energy. And so times are tricky. You know, I last fall, 2019, I sold my home and everything I own with the anticipation of traveling and teaching and speaking and visiting family and friends for all of 2020. And so I got rid of everything. Oh my gosh. It was my beloved home for 12 years. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know what? Nothing ever changes if nothing ever changes. I'm ready. I've outgrown my neighborhood. Crazy things were happening. Not crazy things, but things that were, I live in a small town, grew up in a small town or technically a city, Laconia, New Hampshire. And so I had been volunteer speaking at everyone's local events. Uh, I was still meeting with individual clients at my dining room table. And it's like, if I want to grow and expand my business, I got to get out of here. And so then it was like, all right, this is it. So my membership is called Midlife Redefine. I was like, I am going to go on my Midlife Redefine tour and I am going to grow my business organically by speaking on all these stages. So I had a lot of things lined up, Uh a lot of things lined up and people I was going to visit. And I was in Charleston, South Carolina for a while. And then I was down in Fort Myers, Florida. And then in March, the world screeched, came to a screeching halt. And I ended up in Fort Myers. I wouldn't use the word stuck, but somewhat stuck because there was no way I could get out. I mean, hotels, gas stations. I mean, the beginning, everything was like locked. So I ended up staying in Fort Myers until after 4th of July and then made my way back up to New Hampshire, hung out at my parents' house for a bit, and now I am renting a room in someone's house for a year in Kennebunk, Maine. And this is my like 12-month placeholder while I wait so I can start or carry on, I guess, all of those speaking gigs and visiting and all the fun stuff that I anticipated doing this year. Yeah, yeah, so so you, you had a plan. Oh yeah. A good one. Right. Yeah. Really good one. Oh my gosh. And here you are and you are choosing like, I'm, I think it's so cool that you went to Maine. So cool. So cool. Yeah. So, so, so so what drew you to Maine? What, like, as you were looking around and kind of like, what am I going to do with this year? What, what, what was like the, the draw? To, to that. Well, it's interesting. Um, the draw wasn't even New England. I wanted to be a thousand miles south of here because I am all set with winter. Thank you very much. I've done my time. And so I have been looking exclusively on Craigslist at home shares or communal living uh-huh. in um, Durham, North Carolina. Mm. That's where I, that's the only place I've been looking. And so or or further south. I was also looking in Asheville, North Carolina, except that that's not a straight shot up 95. And I can actually get to my parents' house in 13 hours if I stayed in Durham. And then what happened is all these colleges went back to school, you know, Duke and 
UNC Chapel Hill, and then all these COVID cases were, you know, surfacing, and then all these kids are now they're shutting down campuses and everything's online. So it's like this is a terrible time to move to a college town if if they're going to be going through this level of transition again. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, dang it. You know, and I was talking to people down there, like, tell me about neighborhoods, tell me about, you know, like, I really, I thought that was the plan. And then finally, I just put in Craigslist up here in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire with a, I don't know, 50 mile radius. So it sent me down to Boston and up to Portland, Maine as, as options. And then I happened to find Kennebunk, Maine. And I called the woman immediately and met her the next day. And she has her own COVID story. She was 10 days into the Peace Corps in Zambia, Africa, when COVID sent all of the Peace Corps volunteers home. And so she's been kicking around this area since March and then just bought this home and then was looking for housemates. So we're both 45-year-old single women. We're both travelers and adventurers and problem solvers and we're both into communal living. So it's been like- You found the perfect person to be with. That's amazing. Right. So, and I was just actually, um, I mean, I share this all the time as a life coach. My intention all the time is to define what you want. Don't get hooped up in the problem, focus on the solution. So once you start to define all that it is you desire, end with the statement, this or something better. And so this whole time I've been looking in Durham, but I wanted green space, uh, progressive community. I, you know, like I wanted a smart, savvy uh, housemate, like all these things. And then I wanted physical space for my office because I work from home. And so I got everything on the list except I'm, in Maine instead of North Carolina, which is just fine. Just fine. Yeah. It's, and it is beautiful. I it's mean, beautiful. I've got, I've got family up in Bangor and, you know, I, I haven't done a winter there, nope. but, um, Don't but need it, to. it is a beautiful country. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm excited for you. Yeah. How, you know, it's just so crazy. Like this, I was, talk- I was walking with my kiddo to school today and I was like, I'm just so curious. He's 13. And I'm curious when he's my age, what he's going to tell if he has kids, mm-hmm. what he's going to tell them about this moment in time, you mm-hmm. know, because they're back in school on this hybrid method. Although I think both my kids are choosing now that they want to go virtual, full virtual again, but because it's so awkward, it's also it's, it's so, it's so anxiety, uh, producing for them to just even go to school and have the masks on all day. And most of their friends aren't even there if they're, mm. they're maybe on a different day or they're working or they're from home full anyway, but just like, wow, these kids, what are we all going to do be talking about like long view mm-hmm. 30 years from now, what's possible right now? Like, we had all our plans, right? And so many plans got hijacked. And what's going to come of it? There's right. there's so much so much possible, right? I, I always feel like there's this, you know, birth like, like creation can come from destruction, right? Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that's I'm hoping you know that that's where it's all headed. Is like some beautiful things can come out of this really weird time we're in, you know? Right. And maybe, and I would say that's a personal choice, you know, like if, if you want to see 
the grace and glory and beauty out of COVID. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's not a personal choice for you. It's a personal choice for all of us. Right. You know, is it doom and gloom or is it like the best thing that ever happened <laughs> or a little bit of both? Right. I guess a part of it is like some, some, I forget some, I forget who it was that was talking about joy and finding joy in it. It's not about like looking at a, at a crappy situation and going, oh, this is great. But, but being able to find joy in the moment whatever's happening around you, like look, looking for it, finding it. Right. Right. How to, I guess that's, I guess that's what we all need to be doing. Right. That, and that's exactly it. Right. Then you make your life unconditional. You say, regardless of what's going on around me, I'm going to find the joy. Oh, and here it is. And here it is. And even more over here. Right. And all that stuff that we can't control and all we can do is make our choices and take our next best step. Right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> There you go. Wow. You ha- I'm I I may need to have you back and see <laughs> see where all this goes for you. So I want to take one little step back cuz I don't I don't want to hold you too long but um when you when you made your changes were you already doing a lot of speaking or did the speaking happen like did you because now you, you do a lot, right? That And that was all part of this plan going into right. 2020. Well, right now I don't do any. I mean, podcasts, right. that's fun. Like who doesn't love a good Zoom meeting? Um, <laughs> no, I was doing public speaking before that. And, and I knew, actually, th- th- talk about origin story. In This is all connected, right? In seventh grade was the first time I joined Weight Watchers. Don't grade. Yeah, it was awful. Don't do that to your 12-year-old. But this is all the self-worth stuff, right? That you're the number on the scale is how you how you should feel about yourself. That should set the tone for your day. It is it is your mood meter in the morning. Um, but the whole time that I sat in that very first Weight Watchers meeting, my takeaway wasn't the old-fashioned food pyramid in 1987. My takeaway was I want to be the Weight Watchers leader. I want to be a public speaker and I want to entertain and inspire and educate. And I love this. I love this. I love this. And so I learned then that if you wanted to be a Weight Watchers leader, you had to be at your goal weight. So I had the belief as a 12-year-old, if you want to be a public speaker, you have to be thin. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's how that got into – oh, my gosh. Wow. So – Public speaking has always been something that I've wanted to do. And and so when I started my coaching business, I was doing little workshops that I was leading, you know, through the, you know, and I'd advertise through the Chamber of Commerce or write press releases. And then local organizations were asking me to speak at their event. But now, now, you know, I've spoken to 900 women at a women's business event in, you know, bigger, bigger venues, bigger forums outside of outside of Dodge. And so that is where I get my energy. I feel like um, I can share a lot of information and reach a lot of people in a shorter period of time. Like it feels very different. Whereas individual coaching, I also love, but it's a very different feel. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, no, public speaking is, is, was happening before my before any transition sort of ha- started to happen. Gotcha. So you 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 were already like kind of busting through some of that twelve year old, um, 
you did some myth busting. Big myth busting. Big (laughs) myth busting. Yeah. Isn't it amazing uh, all those little decisions that we make about ourselves as kids and about the way the world is? And then they're still with us in the background and we have like an an urge or a thing, oh, that would be cool to do. Oh, but I can't because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's not even, as you say, fact versus truth. Right. So cool. Oh my god. Good stuff. And you know, I mean, like we teach what we need to learn. I'm yeah. not a polished product. I'm like a work in progress every day, but I'm doing the work, you know, and and right. I'm I'm looking inward and I'm calling bullshit on myself. So, you know, I have a long way to go, but I'm oh, doing man. it. I'm with you, girl. I'm on that. Yeah. One of the things that kept me from doing this podcast for a long time was that I was like, well, I'm not an expert. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just figuring this out, yeah. you know? And then, and then I was like, but yeah, but what if I just take people along on that journey with me? I'm in the middle of right. it. Right. <laughs> I certainly don't have it figured out. <laughs> right. And we're all experts in our life experience. Right. Yeah. So, so you're perfectly where you're exactly supposed to be. We all have something to offer. We just need to get them out of our own way and just put it out in the world. Amen. Yeah. Amen. What are you excited about next? And tell, so, so tell us where to find you. I want to hear all about your membership. Gotcha. So my membership, I birthed that baby in the summer of 2019. Um, And so the membership is called Midlife Redefine. And it's a community of women at some sort of pivot point. And midlife, midlife, I don't care about chronological age because we have a 20 something in there who has a new master's degree and I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And then there's a woman in there in her early eighties who loves it because she loves the conversations because she says, oh, in my friend group, we just talk about surgeries and medications and funeral plans. Like I don't want to be there. So, so midlife is not a chronological age. It is an emotional or mental space where you say, what I've been doing, thinking, feeling, and experiencing is no longer working. I'm ready to shift. And so Midlife Redefined, naturally, community for women. And that's what I'm most proud of right now because I didn't have the vocabulary or words or understanding about what it would look like, but I've dreamed about this community for 20 years, I bet. Like, how can I get individual women from all over the planet to come together to be working towards something specific on their terms. And so here it is, right? So we talk about the different stages of midlife and that we're all moving toward alignment when we are walking, talking, and living our truth, that our head and our heart and our gut are heck yeah. And so that's what we're moving toward. But alignment is going to look totally different to you than it is to me. Yeah. And so so it's it's navigating, navigating all of that. Um, anyway, I'm a long talker. You can find me on emilyclementlifecoach.com. And I've got digital courses that you can do at your own pace, which are fun about stepping out of your comfort zone and increasing your self-confidence. But then the membership community is ongoing, which is exactly why I created it. The same way I needed Tony Robbins, I needed a guide and a tribe. And that is who is delivering this information. That is the community of people that 
we are like-minded enough that we speak the same language, holding each other accountable. So that's what Midlife Redefine is to me, is that I'm the guide and you are the tribe and we are all moving toward alignment and it is magic. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here. I'm, I'm just, um, I've been enough of like an independent individualist my whole life. I do it on your, I do it myself, you know, and I, how's that working for you? Oh my (laughs) God. It's so ham. It's such a hamstringing kind of like, ah, and I've, I've had to learn, um, one of my big, one of my big takeaways from this year is, is, forcing myself to reach out to people for help mm. um, and to and to offer help more um, to just connect with people more and it, it's been it's been a, a game changer and I've um, there's a couple of, of groups a couple of networking things that I've been doing this year and I used to honestly just think the word networking was give me heebie-jeebies but um, these really special communities I've found. And when you're with those like-minded people, I mean, the energy that I've been getting from that has been astounding to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and being in relationship with people who are, who are um, thinking about things beyond, like you said, the 80-year-old woman, um, thinking, of, thinking beyond the little, the little things, the, the little tragedies, the little, the, the surgeries, right. the whatever, whatever it is, you know, and, and, and look, and, big thoughts and like they're, you know, whatever. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing because I mean, we have so much in common, but you just have to ask the right questions. And then it's very easy to connect with people, but we're not asking the right questions. And so that's like the beauty of like COVID, right? You find these online communities and when you have something in common, you have something to talk about. You're, you're working towards something specific and, yeah. and really humans we love to overcomplicate things, but we are only on this planet to love and to be loved. Mm. There is not much more depth to the human experience than to love and to be loved. And, and how we give and receive is what makes us so different. And if we don't feel that sense of deserving or we want to sabotage, that's what, that's what creates these stories. And so it's, it's beautiful. I mean, humans, humans are so beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. But you have to find that that reason why you want to connect and then you can you can can grow and bloom and do all the things you want it to do. I hope that I my 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 massive wish for the world right now is that we can all just get past the divides that are currently separating us and just get back to that whole connection between us. Yeah. Mm. we're craving it we're craving it as human beings we're pack animals right yeah yeah. we need each other for connection and survival and support yeah absolutely amen oh okay i got nothing else (laughs) well thanks for having me on (laughs) oh my gosh i'm gonna put links in the show notes for people to come and find you come and find your group um i'm so glad we had the chance to talk today thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. Thank you. Thank oh you. My goodness. Yeah. Well, there you have it. If you want to know more about working with Emily, I will have links for you in the show notes. Go to latebloomerliving.com slash podcast and look for episode 18. Hey, did you know if you're listening in the Apple podcast app, 
you can share this episode with a friend. While you're listening, you can bring up the player where you'll see the podcast art and the episode name along with that little play button and those handy little rewind and fast forward buttons. Anyway, while you're in that view, you'll see three little dots in the lower right corner. You tap on the three dots and you'll see the option to share. And if you tap on that, you can choose between email, text messaging, or sharing to Facebook or LinkedIn. I do it all the time when I come across an episode of a podcast that I think someone needs to hear. I usually choose the email option. It's so easy. Um, So anyway, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Next week, I'll be talking to John Stewart of J. Stu Music, who retired early from a career in information security to pursue a lifelong dream to be a songwriter. And he is prolific. He's released five albums since 2017. Seriously, it's never too late, people. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.